Magazine to three. Sexton works on Irving, trying to get loose. He'll fire. He knocks it down. Osmond steps into a long-distance jumper. Allen to the bucket. He crushes it home. Off the Garland for three. He knocks it down. Drummond toward Valanciunas. Finds a cutter in a Coro, and a Coro thunders it home. By Kyrie. Sexton got it back. Nance for the tie. He knocks it down. Long hands it off the Sexton feed. Cavaliers by seven. And uh, Cleveland! This is for you! Hey, Chris Manning here from Locked on Cavs. Coming up on today's show, Evan and I are going to dive into the Cavs' loss to the Pistons, how Kevin Love has played since his second return from injury, and as well as we're going to look into what the Sexland, Okoro, Love, and Allen starting lineup has looked like in that little bit that we've seen it so far. That's all coming up today on Locked on Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Today's episode is also brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is changing the way we talk about sports. Download the app and join Evan and I this week on Thursday, sometime after work, TBD exact time on Locker Room. Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports. Evan, I'm going to, before we dive into this game, Cleveland lost 109 to 105. I just got to, I got to, I got to come at you for a second, sir, because you you put out a tweet that was a screen grab of the the. The Cavs Warriors game seven, 89-89 tied score, and this is what I'm feeling right now. Oh, I thought you're gonna call me out for. Uh, I thought you're gonna call me out for midway in the second. I'm like, this is getting a little out of reach. So I grabbed my switch and I played around a round of Fortnite for the first time. Got a number one victory royale. Yeah, Fortnite. We're about to get down. But I didn't have ten kills on the board. But yeah, no, that screen gap was a little egregious. But literally, dude. That was the most painfully long, like, just sequence of the game being tied. And I'm like, and I know a friend of the pod, Justin Rowan, said, like, I'm so anxious right now. I just wanted to get the game over with. That's all I wanted. I wanted to talk about it. And they're dragging out stupidly long. What was so because egregious about it, Because that was Game it, 7 of the 2016 NBA Finals, the most consequential game in Cleveland Cavaliers history. Arguably the most... And lo and behold, Chris, this game against the Pistons is the most consequential game of this Cleveland Cavaliers season because I'm pretty sure the playing tournament is I'm just saying, buddy, you're, you're, you're out there on an island. <laughs> your, your bets, you're stretching these bits, and I, I respect it, but uh, I'm just saying, pull that one back in a little bit. That's like you threw, the, threw it out there a little bit too far. You got stung by the wasp, so to speak. I'm just a humble... I'm just a humble meme farmer. I mean, you know, harm or distrust or displeasure or anything like that. But Chris, the Cleveland Cavaliers, this certainly was a basketball game. They lost this one 109-105 to the Detroit Pistons. This is Detroit's 18th win of the season. Uh, they are now two and a half back at Cleveland for last place in the Central Division, which is, uh, oh, that's something there in itself. Um, Isaiah Stewart was a dog for the for the Pistons. Uh, Sadiq Bey was could not miss. He was six of eleven from three. He hit five of those three pointers in the first quarter. Uh, Tyler Cook got his revenge on the Cavs because for those of you who may not know, Tyler Cook started his career with the Cavaliers, finished the night with twelve and three. Uh, Killian Hayes looked pretty sharp too, twelve and nine, and really thumbing his nose at the Cavs for telling him not to draft him. This was just a bad. I don't know. This is an interesting game for a little bit. Like it was. Real bad at first, and I'm like, 
oh boy, the Cavs have scored nine points. There's only like a handful of minutes left in the first quarter. And then it kind of got interesting, and then it just kind of got deflating at the end. Isn't I, that I'm how you kind of feel, or do you feel in this sense, I think that this first quarter could have been just a complete unraveling where they just look out of sorts all night, right? Like this could have been a situation where the Cavs were absolutely out of this game for the entire evening where they looked like an absolutely awful basketball team. And look, they, they didn't play well in the first quarter. They were outscored by 15 against a Detroit Pistons team that was without Jeremy Grant, who's by far their best player. Um, you know, Jared... There's about seven for vri- yeah, players for like a variety of reasons. Like you know, Jared Allen's getting molly whopped by Isaiah Big Stew, uh, Isaiah Stewart, aka Beef Stew. Like tough look for for the Cavs in that first quarter, in in so many ways. And I think it at least showed something that they're able to kind of whittle their way back and lead for parts of the fourth quarter. But ultimately, I think they just have no one to blame but themselves. I mean, like, it's not going to be the play of the game because they're not going to award it in that kind of context. But I think them, like, giving up an offensive rebound the way they did late in this game to give Detroit, who had a two-point lead at the time, an extra possession that they turn into two more points. And just it's a brutal, self-afflicting way to end the game. And, like, you could cr- look at JB's Bickerstaff's decision to challenge um, the a player only that cost, ultimately cost them a timeout that could have helped them advance the ball at a certain point. Like, there's just a lot of little stuff and little things that did break, you know, didn't break in their direction. Like, maybe some foul calls. Um, you know, like, Dean Wade had a three at one point go in the hoop and then, like, pop right back up. There's just a lot of self-inflicted stuff and stuff that just didn't break their their way. And, and they could have... This was still a winnable game, even though they played an absolutely yeah. awful first quarter. And that that's at least something, but it's I don't think they're going to take solace in that. No, I know. And credit where credit's due to J.B. Baker's staff and this team. Like, you and I talked about this with the Chase Down boys. Justin and I talked about it when he was on the show with me and you were living your best life. Um, this Cavs team has no quit. They have a lot of heart. They have a lot of grit and determination. Like, if this was a John Bailing coach Cavs team or a Larry Drew coach Cavs team, after that first quarter, the Cavs would have just laid down and just died by death by a thousand threes or just would have submitted to Detroit. But the Cleveland fought back. They scrapped. They were they finally took the lead about late into the fourth quarter. That's my play of the night at least. We're in, we'll talk about that in a bit. But either way, um yeah, this was a winnable game for the Cavs. I'm not as frustrated as I probably seem. I just kinda had zero expectations after the first quarter and they made it entertaining for four of them, which is all I can really ask for. Yeah, and look, again, I think coming back and getting good performance out of a lot of guys and seeing some stuff that worked is at least positive, and the playing tournament hopes were already, already thin. I've seen some people being like, oh, this is going to stretch out. Like, I think the playing t- hopes are sort of over, barring something sort of miraculous that we're not expecting from Cleveland. But, Evan, let's get into the game itself. So, uh, you alluded to play of the night. Why don't you go into yours first, because mine will be the more obvious one. So, you pick yours here first. So, the Cavs did not lead for the entire game. They did not tie, as John Michael pointed out. I know you don't really listen to the TV broadcast sometimes, but that was something interesting I did. Note, I did. I did at that point. I turned it on late when I was trying to make sure I understood every little thing that was, was uh, like, when there's got some, like, confusing foul calls and stuff. But, yeah, continue. Um, it's just when co- when the Cavs ran a new play, you called it expanding the playbook, but it was a really smart play drawn up by JB and the Cavs, and... It was just Colin Sexton kicking a, a cutting Darius Garland to the perimeter and Darius drained a three and the Cavs finally took a lead. Granted, Beef Stew tied it back up at the uh, right back at the uh, on Detroit's side of the ball, but that's just I don't know. Real momentum shifter. Darius Garland ended up having a pretty good game, all things considered. Shooting wise, not the best two of eight from three, but twenty three points, six assists. Like the, we're getting really solid outputs from Darius Garland on the offensive side of the ball and especially from three, like he's becoming a lot more steady and reliable of a shooter in clutch situations. 
Yeah, I, I think that's a very good play. It was nice to see him kind of come off the screen in that way. Like, I can't remember seeing that more than a couple of times before. But, Evan, my play of the night is, is going to be pretty simple here. So the Cavs force um, a steal um, in this game. Uh, I think of the, this is in the third quarter, I, I or maybe the second quarter, somewhere in there. And Derry, oh, so 5.30 to go second quarter, I found my correct nerd. Jared Allen blocks a shot, and Darius Garland uh, throws an absolute dime of a bounce pass, like a full court, like, like reminded me of, do you remember that play where the, the gif of, like, J.R. Smith, like, throwing the ball, like, to, like, a ref or something, and it's, like, he, like, like, threw it underhand, and it bounced perfectly? That's, like, what this pass reminded me of in a lot of ways. Um, that's, like, maybe yeah, doesn't land. I don't know if you like know what it I'm talking about, play. but yeah, I do. But, I do. But but so Darius throws this perfect pass, and Texan is bolting up the other side of the court, and Garland plays it perfectly. It's an easy two points, makes it a three point game at that point. Like again, just a really good play, Jared. It was probably Jared Allen's best moment of the night in a game where he particularly I wasn't particularly good, but this was just kind of coalesced perfectly. And Darius just has these really good playmaking instincts and you see it in moments like that all right evan stat of the night um mine is just going to be kevin love 04 from three i hit this on the last game i don't want to like hammer him repeatedly but he's 04 from three on a night where the team didn't shoot well from three they were five of 26 and it's just another night we're like you know we're going to talk about him um next in in the show and so we'll i want to save some of these thoughts for that but just another tough thing for Kev, and, and that's just kind of a hard break when you need him to hit some of those shots. And he's performing very well inside the arc, at least over the last two games, but not making those threes is, is tough. No, it really is tough for sure. And just, uh, we'll break it down this way. Okora was 0-4 from 3. Love was 0-4 from 3. Sexton was 1-1. Darius' take was 2-8, of eight, which is what you want to see from him taking that many three-pointers. Torian Prince was 2-7. of seven, And Dean Wade was 0-2. And it's just... Yeah, 5 of 26 is just not really going to break even against the Pistons, especially like when I said they gave up five three-pointers to Sadiq Bay in the first quarter and just kind of felt like it was downhill from there. But my stat of the night is the fact that Isaiah Hartenstein played really well. Jared Allen just didn't play great at all. I mean, Beef Stew, I love that nickname. That's funny. Beef Stew really gave it to for Ohio tonight and Hartenstein just kind of responded well and I mean I think just the most impressive thing were the four assists and the three blocks on his part and then just a quick run-up shout out Sexland combined for 51 points like that's super impressive in itself that's almost half of what Cleveland's total scoring output was but I get I keep getting proved wrong at times that this tandem is sustainable at least on the offensive side of the ball defensive they're still getting shredded at the point of attack but yeah my main stat pick though is the fact that Hartenstein had four assists and three blocks and just kind of Really was a difference maker. He pri- he did a little bit of that Larry Nance, the tertiary playmaking, and he provided that defensive presence that Jared Allen failed to kind of develop tonight, even though Allen had one block on his own right. But either way, it's still a good game for the uh, for the big German. Yeah, had two late fouls that weren't great either, where he kind of got himself in a little bit of I, trouble. You come to expect that with Hartenstein, though. Like He's super foul-prone, and I think that's something that will get better with time, and he hasn't really had a chance to play NBA ball. He yes. hardly played for the Rockets, hardly played for the Nuggets. Now he gets a chance to the Cavs. Yeah, no, absolutely fair, fair, fair. All right, so, Evan, our uh, my MVP, I, th- I think I'm going to go Sexton. 28, 4 assists, 7 boards, 12 of 20 from the field, 1 of 3 from 3, and that 3 is a, a really, really nice catch-and-shoot 3. Um, just a good scoring night for him. Um, I, I felt mostly pretty good about about what he did in this game. A couple little instances where the defense was a little goofy, but like again, this this was a weird night for everyone, I think, and he was um, pretty dynamic as a scorer in this one. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good pick, Sexton. If like I, I say this time and again, 
People think I hate Colin Sexton. I don't. The Cavs wouldn't be in this game if Colin Sexton wasn't such a consistent scorer. Like, those 28 points are a huge difference maker. When he was sided with that injury, the Cavs were really struggling offensively because they needed a bucket getter as well. Like, I know the flow, offense does flow better at times when him and Garland are separated, but you still need that scoring output from Sexton. But maybe I was kind of a t- tipping my hat a little bit. My MVP pick is Hartenstein in this one. Um, 13 points, 6 boards, 4 assists, 3 blocks. I, like you said, 2 kind of silly fouls at the end of the game. But Jared Allen was mostly neutralized by a undersized center and... Isaiah Stewart, and then Isaiah Hartenstein comes in and just kind of tips the scales back in Cleveland's favor a little bit in the middle and allows to create the little bit of that inside-out attack that the Cavs like to prioritize when they're playing offense. And I don't know, Hartenstein is just kind of a nice spark, and want to give him a shout-out for that. Very fair. All right, let's dive into some bills here. First, I want to tell you about our friends over at Locker Room, which, as you probably know by now, it's changing the way we talk about sports. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, yes, free, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. You're going to find us on Locker Room every single week, and you're going to find Lockdown hosts across the NBA, MLB, and NHL network. So if you're a Cleveland Indians fan and you want to hear Jeff Ellis' takes, you can go find him um, and check out the Lockdown Indians podcast as well. And again, Evan and I are going to be on there Wednesday night after work. Time TBD will announce it on our Twitter feed at Lockdown Cabs. We'll be joining the app and hopping on there, and we're going to we're looking forward to joining you. Go download the free Locker Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest league updates. You're going to find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues, and I can't wait to join you all on the app. We'll, we'll be sure to let you know when Lockdown Cavs room is live and download the Locker Room app today. Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports. Today's episode of Lockdown Cavs is also sponsored by Rock Auto. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. So, if you're interested, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Check them out today at rockauto.com. The Locked On Podcast Network is covering the NFL Draft from all angles. Catch up on the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast presented by Odyssey. Follow Locked On NFL Draft and the Draft Dudes podcast for the latest draft news and stay tuned for more info about our live NFL Draft coverage. All right, Evan, let's talk about Kevin Love. So he's back and I think he's been pretty important. I think we want to shout out in this game, at least I do, that Kevin, when even though he's not maybe playing the best basketball we've seen him play, and he's I think still probably finding his legs a bit and all and all of that. 
Kevin is still drawing very clear attention from his from from opposing defenses. They're they're reacting to him. Um, you're seeing him get opportunities to do some damage. You know when teams are switching on him or the Cavs do a quick pick and roll to manipulate it and get him onto a smaller player. Um, you're seeing him when he gets the ball in the mid post. Defenses will shade towards him and that is freeing up room for let's say an Isaiah Hartenstein or Jared Allen to slide into the paint and get off a shot in the middle of the floor there and get a pretty clean look at it. That's good simple offense. There's a lot you can do with Kevin that you just not going to do with any other players like. Even though Dean Wade can certainly shoot it, um, he's just not going to demand that same level of respect. That said, Kevin Love right now uh, is since he in the in the nine games since he has returned from injury, twenty five point nine minutes per game, shooting forty one point nine percent from the field, twenty nine point nine percent from three, eight point one rebounds, two point four assists. Um, he's, he's just overall kind of, these are pretty low numbers for Kev. They're, they're, the shooting numbers are just kind of tough. Like the on off stuff can get very noisy. We're not going to really dive into that, but those are just shooting numbers that on their face, you're, I think if you're Cleveland, you really have to hope that this is not something that is, um, him like actually again, a significant downside. I think you have to really hope that this is just coming back from injury and all that stuff working. And I think Evan, most notably here over these last nine games, according to NBA.com backslash stats. 6.43 point attempts per game from him are catch and shoot. He's shooting 27.5% on those looks. That accounts for 55.4% of his shots. He's shooting 55.6% on pull-ups, on pull-up threes, which are 9.8% of his shots. That's 1.1 attempts per game. He's not even making one on average of those per game. That's just like really tough, and you you hope it swings the other way in a significant way. Because if not, like this, this marks like maybe if this actually, I don't think it does. I would be skeptical that this does because he's coming off a leg injury and the rhythm's all off and all that stuff. I would suspect that like you're you have to really hope that this is not like an actual negative swing for Kevin. But what have you what have you what do you make of that? Um, and, and what have you made of him since he's come back post the second return from injury? Well, I think in 2013 he may have been starring alongside Sandra Bullock and George Clooney because. Kevin Love still has gravity when he's out there on the floor. Like like you said, teams have to respect the fact that he is issue. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you're not the only one who can make movie references, but No, but that was just like very elaborate and very good and like not like so weird that I'm referencing like a one scene from Boogie Night. So I just respect it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're far too kind. I took off my glasses. I want to thank the academy, my mom and dad, my lord and savior, Jesus Christ, but Kevin Love like you have pointed out, yeah, he's not shooting great splits right now, and I think it's a lot of that does have to do with the fact that there is going to be a lot of rust. He didn't play at all, really, in the first half of the season. He played that full game into overtime with Detroit and played sparingly against Philly before he re-aggravated the injury, and he was out for the majority of the first half. And then, which is kind of the waiting game the second half of the season, now he's back, and the Cavs are going to bring him along slowly. Uh, 20 minutes per night. I don't know, did he exceed his minute limit tonight? Uh, let me check here. He played 30. So he, I mean, yeah. and he played 31 in that back-to-back on the second half of the back-to-back, mind you. Yeah, so if it's like a winnable game, I think JB is going to make sure he's okay and do right by Kevin. If Kevin says he's good to go, he'll trust him and lean on him in that regard. But let's say it's a blowout like it was against Toronto the other night. Like, Kevin doesn't need to play more than 20 minutes at that point because why would you want to re-aggravate a calf injury? Because for those of you who may not know, um, I do have a little bit of a medical background, but Calf injuries are usually hand-in-hand hand with Achilles injuries, and calf injuries are ticking time bombs for Achilles injuries, and you don't want to re-aggravate them because you will rupture them. That's why the Lakers are being so confident with Anthony Davis right now, because 
You don't want to rupture a player's Achilles because Kevin Durant also isn't the best example of this because Kevin Durant's game doesn't rely on athleticism. Neither does Kevin Love's. It's not very or, athletic or, or either, like Or but, like Brianna Stewart is another example, like who's yeah. come back from an Achilles injury and is like just still dominating at a world-class level in a lot of ways. Yeah, so it's tricky because the modern science has made Achilles recovery a lot better, but it's also hard, especially with an older player like Kevin Love who's already injury prone to begin with like no team's going to want to willingly sign up for kevin love if he ruptures achilles so the Cavs got to be cautious of this too so i think he's still getting his legs underneath him i'm not too overly concerned he has played 11 games i think since he's come back if i'm correct and uh no i think it's nine since he's come back the second time i may have miscounted yeah. but well I'll, I'll double check he's, that played thir- he's played 13 games this season so um i'll check right now we're talking i, I um, will try to- i will look while you're talking continue he played two games in the. F- oh no, he only played. He played four games, and I don't know. Either way, he was out for a little bit. But either way, um, you got to bring him along slowly. I think there's going to be a lot of rust, especially at his age, and this is an injury that is very tricky and very scary, and you kind of have to be on a game to game basis with it. Sometimes, like I, I don't know. Now that the play uh, play in pictures kind of out of the question, I wouldn't see Kevin. I would not be surprised to see Kevin Love getting more DNP rest or DNP Achilles situations, so the Cavs just don't get fined for intentionally resting players, but. Yeah, I just think Kevin Love, I'm, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt because he's such a good shooter and because he has that gravity, like I said, um, and that teams do still respect him as a shooter. Like, he is a threat. I know his shots aren't falling sometimes, but he is still commanding the respect of teams defensively as well. But I think the nice thing about Kevin as well, and this was my original play of the night pick, is he had a simple lob pass to Isaiah Hartenstein, and I'm like he's starting to realize like his spots on the floor again. He's starting to find his comfort level again with his teammates, especially the new ones. And when his shot isn't falling, he's able to get involved in other ways. Like he had multiple assists tonight too, which is a huge thing. I think he had 15, eight and four tonight against the Pistons, which I mean, obviously isn't eye popping anymore. This isn't the old Kevin love. He's never coming back, but he's still finding ways to contribute in a positive way. And he's also not as bad defensively as people let on either, which is encouraging. He's been trying on defense, and I th- and I think that's yeah. part of it. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunity. I'm, I would like to see how far you want to milk it. I, I think there's questions about how far you'd want to take it, but I think there's room to kind of milk him in those mid-post opportunities where he's getting smaller guys. Like, Kevin historically is, like, not as good as finishing at the rim as you sort of would expect, but he, I think he can beat up smaller guards if they try to switch on him, and he can punish that way, and then that's going to create a bunch of ripple effects. Um I, I and look and like look in these in these nine games since he's been back, I, I there's also been games where like he's come up big and helped the team win games. It's not as if he's had zero impact. He's having an impact. It's just not the level I think the name recognition you would hope. And again, I think you're just hoping it turns let's, around. Let's take a look at his last nine games. Today and, today would have been game ten since he came back the second time. Ten for so the t- last ten games, his worst game is against Golden State, where he had five points, six rebounds, one assist two assists one steal like he was a non-factor against golden state and just just that's the thing that happens but like let's look at it this way oklahoma city toronto new orleans charlotte chicago miami philadelphia and now detroit kevin loves has scored double digits it's not like he's scoring 20 points a night i think he's starting to realize that the younger guards are the way of the future and maybe he needs to be the second or third banana at times and just kind of be a complimentary veteran but he's still playing meaningful basketball like you and i have been preaching and it's not like he's like an abject disaster sans that golden state game like i think if you cut that golden state game out and then the new orleans game he didn't shoot great but like 
and also the Oklahoma City game. Well, the, and the, the same. I, I think the Bulls game is the one where you look at it and it's like, okay, like well, if like Kevin... two of ten from three, it's just like yikes. And he is one of seven from three against Golden State, and then five of fourteen from three against the Pelicans. Like he's had some pretty stinky nights from the perimeter, but he's still not like a huge negative asset out there either. Is the point I'm trying to get to? No, I I'm agreeing with you. I just think that that's the whole point of the segment. Yeah. No. We love Kevin Love. That's what we're saying. Yeah, I, I think what I think we'll just need to see how this goes going forward. How the Cavs um, kind of manage him going forward. You know, does he rest on certain back to backs? Do they shut him down early? And then I, I think I a question. I wouldn't I, be surprised I, if they I mean, start they, shutting him down. Yeah, I I don't think there's a big benefit to it. But the other thing I will just say is I think I have this question earmarked for if they get, if they do exit interviews and the Cavs don't always do that to my to my, to my uh, severe chagrin. Um, I, I would like to ask every single player in the team, like, how do you feel like the grind of this season? Now that you're done with it, can you, can you give us a little like insight into Alice actually felt like, cause you're not going to make excuses during the season. I'm willing to accept like that on the record in these zoom interviews where we're going to actually talk to them and not getting to ask them like on background or whatever, like you're getting a little less information that way. But I, I'd be curious to know what they sort of would say about. Um, what the grind of the season's been like, and Kevin in particular, it's just been so weird. And I can't like it's already hard to come back mid-season and get your rhythm. It's got to be especially mm-hmm. hard with the way the season is sort of structured. And um, so I'm very empathetic to Kevin um, in in that aspect, among a bunch of other ways. But Evan, we got one more break here, and it's time to tell everyone about our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over. Obviously, it's been done for a while now, but the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You can bet on UFC 2, which is, uh, if you want to go that route, there's a ton of great uh, fights coming up this weekend, including the Usman Mazvidal rematch. Real time Is that a real person? Who, Mazvidal? Yeah, yeah sounds like a video game. It sounds like a video game character. Go ahead. Yeah, game bread. Jorge Masvidal, Miami Zone. A uh, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Again, the promo code is locked on, and we thank BetOnline, the official betting partner of the Lockdown Network. Also want to tell you about the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. Today through the 26th, listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason LaCaforna, and Brian Baldrigger. Our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Odyssey is your home for all sports podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Let's uh, let's dive into the starting lineup so far. I don't even want to do numbers on this. I don't want to do net ratings and things. It is such a small sample that like it's all over the place. And I, I just want to ask you, what do you think of the Sex Lando Coral Love Allen lineup so far? What is your vibe check on it as, as we've seen it just for these two games, I think? Um, it, it, two games or three games? Two or three, three games. I think it's two or three. three. Oh, yeah. Game Either. one was Warriors, Bull, Warriors, Bulls, this. So Pistons. three losses. So three losses can't really take too much out of it because the Warriors are kind of red hot and they did their best to contain Steph Curry and then Steph Curry just kind of cut loose against the Cavs bench and 
I don't know. I think this is a this is a good lineup. Like in theory, like Kevin Love and Jared Allen work really well together. In theory, Isaac Okoro and Kevin Love work really well together. In my personal opinion, Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, and Kevin Love work beautifully with Isaac Okoro because Isaac Okoro right now isn't a very good shooter. He can hit threes from now and then. Um, friend of the pod, Jeff Nauman actually asked us. It was either last night or Saturday. Like, what do we think about Okoro's offensive ceiling? And I said, and you and I both kind of agreed, like, you need 20 games next year to really get an idea of it. But I also need to see what he worked on over the summer in those 20 games to really get an idea of it. Because right now he's a slasher who can play really, really, really freaking good defense at the same time. And I think the spacing that Love, like I said, with his gravity, and then the spacing that Sexton and Garland can provide, because they're both shooters, um, really benefits Okoro. And it also really benefits Allen. And, like, offensively, all these pieces make sense together. I just need to see a little bit more of it to get a better idea. But right now, I mean, three losses, but so far so good. Like the Cavs haven't been like absolutely slaughtered in those three losses. So something. The Warriors game was tough. But um, I would say that I think the trickiest part about this is I don't feel like Jared Allen's like at his best self right now. No, I don't think he's 100%. Like, yes, he's through concussion protocol, but he might have a couple cobwebs and he's trying to shake off a little bit of rust and – it's a little awkward too. I mean, he's he's got a new teammates already because from coming here to Brooklyn. But like Kevin Love's a really big difference maker on offense and defense. Because like Jared has to work even harder on defense now because Larry's a little bit of a well, he's a lot of a better defensive player than Kevin. Like Kevin's been a good defensive player. He's trying, but Jared's probably got to cover for him a lot more too in terms of rim protection. And I'm sure that's a little bit taxing as well. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know if like covering for Dean Wade is like any significantly more difficult but i think like you're still Dean like it's kind of like he's got active hands he's not like the he's not a world beater defensively but he's active yeah i i think one of the things that's sort of tricky is like you know i think you see like hartenstein doing some creation from the nail at times like with some little back cuts like i i think alan can do that stuff and i like to see him do it more um i think the rhythm you're just kind of figuring that out and it's again sort of hard to do that um, and again, I just, I like, he got like Jared Allen just got flat out outplayed by Isaiah Stewart in this game for the most part. And like, you, you got to like, it happens. And like, you also just got to figure out like kind of how to kind of get him back kind of rolling. Cause he's, he's played some really good basketball. He played some really, really good basketball at the beginning of his time in Cleveland, sort of overcoming, I would argue like a tough situation where he was, he was taking, having to take shots a little further away from the rim and you're still making them in a big clip, but the Cavs were, weren't making it easier for him like they had it in Brooklyn. And, like, I, I you know, I, Evan, I saw, like, some tweets on during this game on Monday where it's, like, like, people are, like, strongly reacting to um to him and, like, being like, oh, is he worth blah, blah, blah. And I, I think that's, like, a little much. I think, like, we got to, like, put like take the big picture on, on this and take the big picture on this lineup and on Jared Allen in particular. But I think this lineup, like, you got to let it see how much we get at the rest of the season. And then, like, let's see at the end of the season where it's at, What rewatch some tape, figure out what worked, what didn't. And then if you're Cleveland, you figure out – because I think the important thing to note about this, I think maybe the most important thing to note about this, is that unless the Cavs, like, get Cade, let's just say they win the lottery, or maybe they get Jalen Green and he starts right away and they shuffle the lineup in some capacity, or Kevin gets – something unexpected or unlikely happens. This is pretty likely to be the starting lineup next season. It would not shock me. Like it's it's at least like a fifty percent chance that this is starting line upon day one of next season. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure unless the Cavs are able to find something for Kevin Love or God willing, Jared Allen signs like a crazy lucrative offer sheet with another team if the Cavs aren't able to lock him up as soon as possible in free agency. But um 
I also think part of it, too, like, people, you can't bake your takes based on one game. I mean, let's look at it this way. Jared Allen's been really freaking good, especially in the pick-and-roll with Darius Garland. I think the Pistons prepped for that as well because in the first quarter, Darius ran a pick-and-roll with Jared and tried to throw a lob pass so Jared could have an easy bucket just to kind of get him rolling a little bit. Isaiah Stewart read that really well and then blocked the shot attempt. Like, there's nothing you can do about that because I'm sure teams are now game or now prepping for that because it has become such a staple repertoire for Darius and Jared to kind of get each other going early in the game. But they'll adjust to it, I hope at least, and things will be fine. And that's just yeah, you don't want to bake your takes too much on that. But like yeah, barring Kevin Love being traded or Jared Allen being thrown like a crazy offer sheet, like I said, if the Cavs can't lock him up ASAP, this is going to be Cleveland's starting lineup. And so far. It hasn't translated to wins, but I like the returns when I watch it, at least. So that's something, right? Yeah, again, give it time. Give it time to kind of grow and figure stuff out a little bit. Give it time to, to get some, some sunlight and some nutrients and and uh, and kind of blossom in some way. But Evan, any final thoughts as we get out of here? <laughs> that was a beautiful way to put it. That's my final thought. I'm trying. Anyway, thanks Gar- for listening. Gardner Chris, he's he doesn't just got a good green sweater. He's got a green thumb as well. Well, if people, if you know my day job, which we're not going to reveal here, but that's that's where that came from. There you go. It's not. I'm not. I'm not a grower, but you, never mind. I'm not talking about this anymore. Uh, thanks everyone for tuning in. Thanks to Locker Room, Rock Auto, and Bet Online for sponsoring the show. Again, be sure to check out all of the Lockdown NFL draft coverage, including over at Lockdown Browns. Uh, be sure to check out Lockdown Indians with Jeff Ellis as well. Check out Lockdown Women's Basketball if you want some more W content as we get closer to that season. Hop on that New York Liberty bandwagon with your boy. And, uh, yeah, check out Locked on Cavs. We'll be back tomorrow with a crossover with the Locked on Bulls podcast. Uh, that was a lot of fun for us to do, um, to dive in with uh, another pod here in the Central Division. Check out that. There's actually, I think, going to be a video of that available as well at WKYC if you're watching there. There is. But, that's right. But until next time, uh, again, the Cavs lose, but this has been Locked on Cavs. I'm Chris. He's Evan. Find us on Twitter, CDM Rights, and Matt Evan on Locker Room Thursday evening. We'll talk to you then. Locked on Cavs is your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast covering the latest news, rumors, and game action from the wine and gold. You can follow us on social at Locked on Cavs or give us a call and leave a voicemail and we'll answer your questions live at 440-673-3605. If you want to contact the show, email us at LockedOnCavs at gmail.com. And if you want to support the show, the best way to do that is by going to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts and leaving us a five-star rating and review. It's produced and hosted by Chris Manning and Evan Damerl.